0: Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by Ernest Watson, Rockingham, North Carolina, and Nate Moyer in Trumbull, Connecticut. Both these guys love basketball, and this is a great time to be a basketball fan. NBA is rolling, but college basketball stole the headlines today, and we're going to let Ernest talk about his great love for Coach K first as we start this podcast.
1: You know, as much as it hurts me, he is the greatest college basketball coach of all time. What? More than John Wooden? Yeah, well, you got to remember that. When Wooden was coaching, you only had to win four games to get to the Final Four. The the tournament was only 16 teams. So it's it's drastically different. And teams are more talented. You have to win more games. So, yeah, yeah, the devil is due. I mean, i am be honest with him. I mean, I don't particularly like the way he decided to go out, because, you know, Roy goes out quietly on April 1st, and Kay's got to have this farewell tour where everybody's going to kowtow to him and all that, feed his ego, but, you know, the the clue was there because they just hired a new uh, AD, and he had pretty much worked under two ADs all the 32 years he had been at Duke, and so this is not that shocking. It might surprise you, gentlemen, but he almost got fired his second season at Duke because he had a losing record. And the AD at that time, Tom Butters, went to the president because the Iron Dukes, which is the uh, the um, you know the booster club, booster club, yeah, booster club, had went to uh, the president and said, either you fire Shashevsky. Or we're withholding all of our contributions.
0: That's because they couldn't spell his last name. They want him fired, so
1: Well, you know, they've been calling him Khrushchevsky all these years in the case silent. But uh, Butter stuck with him and said, Listen, this is the guy I hired, and if you fire him, I'm gonna follow him out the door. So the president backed down and, and now you've got one of the truly spectacular careers. But I feel bad for John Shire because this is a recipe for disaster. There's, there's, I mean, he's not going to be another coach K and uh, it's, it's going to be hard to maintain the progress. I mean, there's, there's lists of coaches. I'm surprised because not a lot of guys were available. Well, judges got fired at Marquette brace too old to leave Notre Dame. Uh, Capels not going to leave Pittsburgh, even though they've had a losing record the two years there. So there weren't a lot of candidates. Now, give you a quick story because a lot of you are wondering when we're going to get to Nate, but, uh, quick and then I'll be quiet for a while. It uh, we're going to get to Brad Stevens in a few minutes. When Brad Stevens was hired by the Celtics, he told them, listen, I'm here for life. I'm not going to take any other offers unless the Duke job comes available. Now for a non Hating Coach K view, Nate. Your views of the it, it's a different world now. You, these older coaches, you, you know, we're waiting for the second shoe to drop, third shoe. That's Bayheim leaving.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have a distaste for Duke. I, I remember rooting a lot against them in the um, in the bracket in March Madness. It's always kind of fun. They were kind of like that, you know. The Yankees when they were always in the playoffs in baseball and it's like oh, it, it didn't really start till they were out right then it was more of a fun um, Thing but I, I never had anything against uh, coach K. I think he did a great job. He did a great job with Team USA um, I, I, I Guess I don't know him as well as probably Ernest has being in the same state uh, I, I always thought he was a classy guy. So to me, I, I had no problem with him. I think he's great I like I like Bayheim um, I'm sure he's he's probably got to be the next one that's that's out. If he's waiting a year, maybe he was going to do it this year, and now he's upset because Coach K didn't. You know he's got to wait a year. Um, it is interesting about Brad Stevens though. Like, I wonder if the timing's a little bit. If there was some discussions behind the scenes, and that's why the Celtics said, "Look, like, what if we offer you the front office job? Would that keep you with the Celtics as opposed to being a head coach and going to Duke?" So, but you know, that doesn't mean that the guy that's taken over at Duke doesn't you know do poorly for two years and brad stevens leaves the front office of the you know celtics to go to duke i mean never know that that coaching bug might stick with him he might be in the front office for a couple years and it just it's not him and then he wants to go back into coaching and then lo and behold the duke jog opens up if so the guy doesn't do very well so that's my take i um no love for tommy ellicker see duke not relevant but
1: The story is Tommy Amaker was offered the job before Shire and turned it down. He's at Harvard. Where did he used to coach at, Paul? There seems to be some institution. (laughs) Uh, Michigan.
0: Michigan.
1: What went wrong there?
0: What went wrong? He was too rigid with it the way he coached. Um, He didn't recruit the players they thought he was going to recruit. And. You know, Harvard's a pretty good place to land. Plus, my understanding is his wife has a very good job there. Very good. And I don't think he's eager to leave. So, And like you said, nobody can follow Coach K. So we've already talked about it.
1: I'd I'd be worried about two things. A, if you have a lot of stock invested in black shoe polish, hair dye, that's going to go down real fast-like. And now Coach K can go back to his job on Sesame Street counting things in a uh, Transylvanian accent. So
0: you're saying he colors his hair like Ronald Reagan?
1: Yes, you can see the black streaks down. He's he's 80 years old and he has jet black hair. Give me a break.
2: <laughs> Is that like Giuliani did when he was sweating? And he yeah, was sweating. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But now K can go back going, one, ah, ah, ah. Back on Sesame Street.
0: This it is the like brought to you by okay. Tar Hill synonymous. Like
1: <laughs> hey, I do I would like to see a matchup between Hubert Davis and uh, John Shire one on one. Be the first time two coaches play against each other. Mm. Hubert I, I did, I don't Huber know did. That I want to see that. Yeah. Hubert did last there. ten years in the NBA, so I give him the advantage. Shire is a great recruiter. I mean, he uh, the core of the guys that you see now. Tatum and Zion, he's the guy that brought them there. I mean, he's great at recruiting. And at Duke, do you really have to recruit at Duke? You just open the door. I mean, you know, it's the same Carolina, same as Michigan. Schools like that, you just open the door. Recruiting is fairly easy. Mm -hmm. Have I bashed Duke enough? Yes, I've Yeah, all right. So Nate, Nate, take
0: us to the Celtic land. Were you surprised that Ainge stepped aside?
2: Yeah, I, I think... I guess I really wasn't that surprised by Ainge stepping aside, but the fact that Evans is leaving his coaching role to move to the front office, that, that was more of a shock. Um, You know, I I think, you know, Danny Ainge, you know, he might just be done with basketball. I don't know if he's getting pushed out or, um, but he, you know, he brought him a championship there. I I liked Danny Ainge when he was on the Phoenix Suns. He was uh, probably one of my favorite players. I liked, you know, Dan Marley, Barkley, KJ, you know, Danny Ainge was right in there. So I like him. I actually have a baseball card. That's the funny thing. He played for the Toronto Blue Jays. So I actually have his baseball card, which was kind of cool. Um But I I think that him leaving that role was not that big of a shock. I think the fact that they already had Brad Stevens ready to go in there uh, makes me feel like maybe there was something behind the scenes. Ainge wasn't quite ready to leave, but Stevens was or something like that. So that that this kind of accelerated the timeline. It could have been what um, Ernest was saying too about the Duke job opening up. Maybe they knew the Duke job was going to open up, and they needed to do something to keep Stevens. Um, hard to say, but I, I don't think I was that. I, I was like I said, I was I was more surprised by Brad Stevens moving, uh, moving into Age's role that they already had that lined up. I don't know, Ernest. What What about you? Were you surprised?
1: Uh, yeah, more than the K thing because you know K, with his age, you knew he was going to leave eventually. Uh, Indiana offered him. Before they hired their current coach, they offered him seven years at seventy million guarantee, and he didn't even look at it. Which kind of gave me the idea he was a Celtic for life. Uh, I just—he's so young that he can go and, and be the GM for a while. Big rumor floating around is that Dwayne Wade is trying to bring in Danny Ainge as a consultant with the Jazz. You know, because Dwayne Wade is a minority owner in the Utah Jazz right now. And, you know, he's from that area, played at BYU. That's not the wildest idea. He just might want to back off a little bit time-wise. And uh, it, it's strange you talk about he did bring a championship, but there are a lot of people who think that he's been a disappointment because he compiled all those draft picks and, and never really pulled the trigger. And then they're drafting his – been spotty at best, outside of Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum, and Tatum kind of fell in their pocket because Philadelphia didn't want him. They haven't exactly drafted that well. And plus he's got one of the dumbest players in the NBA and Marcus Smart. If anybody was misnamed as him. <laughs> uh, I mean ironic. he just he he's shoots threes. He only hits twenty two percent, but you see him jacking up three pointers all the time. He just he says the la- and the only person that has worse basketball sense than him is Kyrie. I mean, both of them have less basketball intelligence than anybody else. By the way, Kyrie, again, shows his lack of class by stomping on the uh, the face of Mr. Happy, which is the Celtic figure at half court.
2: Yeah, I didn't like that. That That's,
1: that's a lack of class. I mean... Again, you you just can't fix crazy. I mean, I hate to say it that way. I mean, the, the guy has some problems, obviously. That's the only reason why I don't, I'm not really behind the Nets, so to speak, in that respect.
0: So let me ask you but, guys, wh- why is Brad Stevens so good? I, I know he did a good job at Butler, and the first couple years at Celtics, it looked like he was just doing great things. And between injuries and other things, they have not overachieved in the last several years. Um, Why is everybody in love with Brad Stevens?
1: Three Eastern Conference Finals in five years, two trips to the Final Four in a mid-major. As I hear Paul slowly allude that he's overrated. Uh, For the talent he had on that team, remember, they thought they were going to be set with Kyrie they didn't expect him to leave. Kimba's broken down, so they really don't have a point guard. The Alfred was not the center they thought they were going to get. I mean, with the talent he had on the court, I think he's done as well as you can expect. But three trips to the Eastern Finals in five years is nothing. To, to yeah, that's
2: pretty. Granted, it's the east, but still, that's
1: yeah. That's I mean, yeah, they, you know, they, they could have easily be gotten to the finals. I don't think they would have wanted, but I think I think he's a decent I don't think this I don't think this year was that much a reflection of his talent ability. I think he's a hot commodity. I think twenty teams in the NBA would jump at him if, if he wanted to coach.
2: Do we know why he wanted to go to the front office? Did the I guess I missed the press on that, if there was any press there, on there
1: really that. There really isn't a reason. I mean, it's not really clear whether Ainge was forced out or resigned or was told to leave. I mean, the, the, the owner said, the owner came out today and said, 18th hey, title or die. That was their goal, either an 18th title. Because now remember, now the Lakers have more championships than they do. And that kind of fits in the crawl a little bit because the Celtics have always been the standard bearer in the NBA. Well, that's
0: a perfect lead-in to Nate for 75 now. 75 years. you talking about the Lakers <laughs> because the Lakers are down 3-2 to two to Nate's Phoenix Suns. Nate showed us on Skype he has a Phoenix Suns um, flag that he was fly- flying in his home in Connecticut. Did anybody react to that, Nate?
2: No, I'm sure there's probably people that drove by. They're like, "What? What is that? I have a flag on the front that,
1: They think it's the Mohican Sun, the WNBA out there.
2: They could be. Yeah, I mean, they could. Who knows? I mean, I, there's a, just a big, bright orange flag with the Suns logo on it. So, um, but no. I, honestly, last night, I mean, it's been tough watching the games out here because they start at like 10 o'clock at night, because um, they're the you know West Coast West Coast game. But I stayed up till 12 something last night, watched it. I then I couldn't get to sleep because I had so much adrenaline from the blowout. How awesome it was to watch the Suns play like that. I haven't seen that in so long in a playoff game. Um not since like the Nash days and 7 seconds or less. It was overall just a fun game to watch. Uh you know, but it, it's it's hard because the Suns have been in the playoffs in about I think 11 seasons now, so this was it was a, it was a tough draw getting the Lakers, but you know we've been we've so far we've been up to the task, which is great. I mean we're we have so much youth on our team that made me a little nervous. I think the only two people with playoff experience experiences, um, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, that's it. Everybody else has never been to the playoffs. So
1: Frank, Frank.
2: <laughs> oh, it was Frank. The, yeah, okay, but he doesn't really start. I guess he's he's in there somewhere. But um, no, it's it's been exciting. I mean, in the Suns' games have been sold out. It's it's just something. It's almost like sometimes I can't really enjoy the game as much. I'm like excited and nervous at the exact same time. Um, and you know, we're playing LeBron. I mean, LeBron's always a tough out in in the playoffs. I mean, he, I don't think he's his teams have never gone out in the first round. I think they said on, yeah, correct. ESPN one of these days. And you know, it's it's tough. I mean, we've we've really played well. Our youth is not showing. We've just come out determined every week or every game. And yeah, I don't know, Bernus, what. Well, I'll chat more about the Suns, but Ernest, what are... Uh, Do you have any
1: concerns you? about Chris Paul re-injuring his shoulder last night?
2: I mean, I, when it happened, I held my breath, and I was like, oh, man. But, you know, he came back to the bench. He came back out to the floor with the little hat, hot pack on. It didn't seem like it was as bad as it's been dealing. You know, I think it's just, uh, I don't know, I think he's probably just been doing treatment on it. It hit him, it hurt a little bit. It's probably going to be the same thing that he game. I don't know four where he plays through it. I think he's just going to play through it, which is great. I mean, when the sun's made the trade for Chris, I, I was kind of like, Oh, he's over the Hill. I don't know if this is a great idea. I think, I think he just had a great year in Oklahoma city. I don't know why we're doing this. And he's 100% proved me wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, Deandre Ayton, I, I just kind of didn't, I almost saw like a little Dwight Howard name where he just kind of only played when he wanted to play. He's been amazing in this offseason. I he's really come out, really done a great job this year. And, you know, again, I just swallow my words on him too. So I've never been more excited to be wrong in my life about those two. So they're, They're playing great. I hope his shoulder is okay Um, and he can play through it. Because it's not necessarily like that he needs to dominate the game. It's just more of like his leadership ability on the floor. Being the floor general is really what they need. I think they've got Booker to score. We've got Cam Johnson. We've got um, Payne. Payne, the backup, is doing great. I mean, they're just – it's just amazing. It's such a team game. I mean, you've got Booker in there, but it's just – they swing the ball up. They pass well. Um, No one cares who's getting the shots. I mean, last night Booker was going nuts, but they it just passed. They they just play team basketball, which is just I love to see that. I really do, and they're all doing well as a team. Whereas you know the Lakers are the LeBron and you know Anthony Davis show with a little bit of you know Caldwell Paul sprinkled in there and and Caruso. I mean, I don't know. That's. That, Ernest, I'd love to get your take because obviously I've, I've dissected these games so much. Um, what is what is your take as a spectator of the NBA?
1: The the, the key is AD, and if AD is not seventy five percent, the Suns will win easily. I mean, you won by thirty last night, and I don't think AD will play anymore. I think the Suns will win, and it it brings up to two thoughts. Of course, as you said, LeBron's never lost a first round series. You wonder if we're seeing the physical breakdown of LeBron. Uh, of course, I've been trying to stick a knife in the back of Tom Brady for 15 years now, so I'm not going to do that to LeBron. Uh, there's a rant that I've talked about before on the podcast, and I'll bring it up again. I think the four teams that were the four finalists last year in October, uh, the Celtics, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Nuggets have all been – broken down by injuries, and I don't think it's just the the two-month gap that they had from the end of October, to the first of, you know, to Christmas to start the season. They also compressed the season to keep the regional sports networks happy. They had a minimum of 60 games. And I think physically all those teams, I mean, the Nuggets are the only team and, you know, they lost Murray to injuries, but they've all been beat up by injuries. They have all their their number one or number two guy is out. And I think, you know, it's not, I'm not belittling the Suns because their talent is, is there. Uh, I don't believe in saying a young team next year because that window closes awful fast. And right now, they've got as good a chance as, as the Nuggets or the Jazz of coming out of the West. Uh, again, Ayton has been able to thrive because he's going against Drummond, and Drummond is just a has been. I mean, he's he's Lakers have done this all these old veteran players that are just physically worn out, and so I've, yeah, the Suns has as much chance is is the Jazz or the Nuggets. It's going to be one of those three teams to face either the Bucks or the Nets at this point. I think you can guarantee that. So Those do you think
2: if, if, if Anthony Davis comes back and plays game six and seven, do you think the Lakers win?
1: He has to be at least 75% of what he was. In and both I games? I'm in both games is the only way. I don't see that. Groin injuries are so easily reoccurring. I mean, you jump, you run, you use your groin. And he's not been physically well all year long. LeBron is not physically to his top. I mean, this is a... This is a team that, that has played or ever since June of last year, took two months off. They're physically worn out. All because they had to play a minimum amount of games, they had to finish before the Olympics. Y- y'all know me. I believe the NBA should start Christmas, should end in August, because last time I checked, when they play basketball in the Olympics, they don't play it in the winter games, they play it in the summer games. So it must be a summer sport. Uh, I think makes more sense. It certainly makes July more interesting. But uh, yeah, you're just saying these these four teams are all worn out. But, uh, yeah, Suns have a good chance. Uh, I'd be more worried about a matchup against the Jazz than I would the Nuggets because I think the Jazz shoots the three so well and they're so dominant inside. I think Gobert would shut off Aiton.
2: Well, the Suns beat... Suns had the better record over the Jazz in the season. Yeah, I don't but know I, exactly I, I, what injuries on either side, but
1: I, I like the backcourt. I like Mitchell and and uh I like the backcourt of the Jazz. I like the frontcourt a little bit more of the Phoenix, but that backcourt, particularly Mitchell is going to be a tough matchup for Booker because he's very very physical. So I would I would rate that the Nuggets don't have a real guard right now. If you're waiting for Austin Rivers Jr. to be your leading scorer, the Nuggets, I have some worries.
2: You think the Nuggets are going to win over Portland in this series?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, they just don't. It's a one-man team, unfortunately. It's a great one-man team, but no, I think the Nuggets, just because of the front court, they're going to win. And and Joker, I mean, I just it, as much as the effort last night uh, Damian uh, Lillard uh, the Joker still walked away after double overtime with a victory i mean the joker may be the best player in basketball right now well that sounds
0: are we forgetting the brooklyn start. nets at all i mean are the nuts can yeah. they stay if they stay healthy shouldn't they be the favorite
1: <sighs> defensively and plus you don't know what you, what Kyrie's going to do I mean, right now, I would take the Bucs over the Nets. And Embiid has torn meniscus, so the Sixers are out. They'll beat the Wizards. But you know, torn meniscus, he's not going to be able to finish. He's not going to get to the finals. So like I said, there, there are five teams that are going to finish in the finals. It's either going to be the Nets, the Bucks. The Jazz, the Suns, or the Nuggets. Nuggets are barely in there. And if I had to those
2: Clippers, you don't think the Clippers with Kawhi? No,
1: no, no. Paul George will disappear. He always does. He's the he's the opposite of clutch. The most unclutched player there is. Uh, if I had to pick a team right now, this could change next week. That I say would win the title. I'd say the Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah even though they about- lost even though they lost one of the best reserves it's so, this is this has really become a playoff of attrition it really has suns probably are the healthiest of all those five teams and jazz may be right below that but all the others are missing big time players so this this hasn't been a very good playoffs i mean you know for Suns fans this has been a great playoff but the rest of the games have not been that remarkable except for the Nuggets Last night's game. Nugget, Nuggets yeah, yeah, Oregon. that was a good one but the other games have been blowouts and and the Hawks Knicks series has been pretty good. But neither one of those teams are going to get to the Eastern Finals. Yeah.
2: So Ernest, I wanted to ask you what do you think of LeBron James in the lead? Do you think this is tarnishing his legacy if they go out on oh, the first no. if they don't win the championship but like, last night, I think there was five or six minutes left in the game. He sat on the sidelines, decided to just get up and, quote-unquote, start treatment. Um, where Chris Paul, hurt. His, Chris Paul got his... Chris Paul got re-injured his shoulder, went back, came back out, even though it was a blowout, put the little thing on his shoulder, his little compression or whatever, and was talking with his players and teaching. And you look at that, and, you know, yeah, Chris Paul doesn't have a championship, and LeBron does, but... You look at you look at leadership and things like that. Like LeBron's, you don't think LeBron should have been out there teaching his younger guys that are out there playing? Hey, here's what you should be doing. You know, this is a teachable moment with some of the guys that probably don't play much at all, getting in there. Uh, but it just it just looked like LeBron was I don't know giving up. There was a couple times in the game when he didn't even go past back on defense. He made a pass, it didn't go well, and he just stood on the other side of the court and let the Suns have a five on four. I mean. I I don't know. I, I, obviously, I've never debated that LeBron's talented, but it it's just tarnishing his legacy. It's just that he's flopping so much. He's trying to like get calls. He's he's flailing on the ground over something that's nothing. Um, I don't know. It's just the the, the past couple of years, I've just been really disappointed because I just feel like he's he's had a chance now to bring his teams up, and he's not he's not doing it. And I think we talk about the greatest players in the game, that's what they're able to do is they're able to get their teams to do better. And he kind of just says, oh, you're not doing what I want. I'm going to pout. So I don't know. Ernest, you, you tell me.
1: Nate, adversity reveals character. This is nothing new. We saw him do this when the Heat faced the, uh, the Mavericks. And the Mavericks beat them the first time they matched up. And and Barra, the little point guard, shut him down. We saw this at Cleveland. I mean, he does this. When things don't go right, he retreats into themselves. Everybody breaks down the comparison between Michael Jordan and LeBron into rings, okay? First of all, you can't do that debate because Bill Russell has the most rings. But beyond that... Michael Jordan had a killer instinct. He would stab you. He's a, he's a, what's the expression from Wrath of Khan, uh, from hell's heart. I doth stab at thee, uh, Michael Jordan would step over your dead body still with breath over to beat you. LeBron, when things get tough, tends to retreat into himself. We saw that at Miami. We saw that at Cleveland. We saw it the first year with the Lakers and we're seeing it now, it's not going to tarnish his reputation. LeBron is, at worst, the second best player all time in the NBA. But the differentiation between him and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan had an unhealthy will to win to the point that he would embarrass his own teammates, that he would call out people. His behavior was reprehensible, but he wanted to win at all steps. And that's the differentiation for this is not gonna tarnish LeBron's image, no more than the last two years with the Wizards tarnishes Michael Jordan's. But there's a different they're different personalities, they're different characters. They're both the top two NBA players of all time.
0: I heard a story. I know
1: from- a lot. Go ahead. I want to okay, walk yeah. deeper. In that you, deep- you
0: brought up a Michael Jordan story. I heard one I hadn't heard before. Ernest probably knows them all. But Dominic Wilkins was on uh, the Dan Patrick show, and Dan was interviewing him, and he was talking about you know his matchup with Michael Jordan, and he said the the most intense I ever got was because they both were averaging over thirty when they were playing each other, and they were in Chicago. The Hawks were in Chicago. They were in the locker room. They were still in their street clothes. They're about ready to change. And in walked Michael Jordan. He said, that never happened before. You don't go in somebody else's locker room. Michael Jordan came in, didn't say a word, looked at everybody in the eye. And then right before he went out, he said a reserve, some reserve, he says, you guys better play your best game because we're going to whoop you tonight. And then he walked out and they did <laughs> they did beat him but it was totally a psych move and dominic said that was just so michael jordan to do the mind games and Le- lebron doesn't do mind games with his opponents that i can see he's more about doing mind games within his own team and the refs he he doesn't seem to get into that intimidation factor but um yeah so i think i'm watching the nba playoffs i'm interested new york knicks and the hawks are is interesting but we all know they're not going to get very far but it's fun to watch the knicks fans get so crazy about everything right now so we've talked college basketball we've talked nba and ernest is a big uh, hockey fan and those canes are doing pretty good they beat nashville can they beat tampa bay ernest
1: not so good now uh they've had cold spells all year long when they can't score Um, you're going against one of the top two goalies in in the NHL, Vasilowski. Him and Carey Price at Montreal are the two best. And Trelovich is a good rookie goalie. I mean, he may be the answer to the Canes, but he's a rookie goalie. And they've lost two games, 2-1 to at home. Again, home ice doesn't mean that much. And uh, they're just going to get the scoring up. Uh, again, you're going against the defending champs. I mean, like Rick Flair says, to be the champs, you've got to beat the champs. It's been fascinating uh, to see Toronto again fold. They have not won a series since 2004, have not won a Stanley Cup since 1967, and the Maple Leafs may be the most talented team out there, but they just get in their heads. And, and, you know, the Montreal mystique, whatever Montreal has now six times come back from down three games to one, which is tied for the most type, but there's some great series and, uh, uh, maybe Chris is listening, but the avalanche looks good. I mean, if I had to put my money on a series right now, final, I'd have to say it's, it's going to be Colorado and Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't see anybody coming out of the North. Winnipeg or Montreal, not going to be much of a threat. I think the Islanders and the Bruins are going to beat themselves up. I still think the Islanders will come out of that. But uh, we know that that, that, that whoever wins the Avalanche and the Golden Knights is going to play the Canadian North team. So they're going to get pretty much a bye into the final. But but the Avalanche, man, they've got it together. I mean, they, they just look. They're toying with the, the Golden Knights right now. And see, I'm not going to make fun of Nate picking the uh, Maple <coughs> Leafs to get to the final because I picked the Oilander, Oilers, so I wasn't much better. Hey, respect. my team's
0: still in, uh, Golden Knights.
2: Uh, not from the why last is two games. By the way, Paul, why is the Golden Knights your team? Is that your pick or is that was my you like pick. them over the Red Wings? The, no, Red it's The Red just Wings my pick. have
1: been regulated. The Red Wings have been regulated <laughs> to the AHL.
0: They've That's been demoted, why. yeah. No, they were well, just my pick yeah. when we had a podcast, that's all.
1: Yeah, you know, this is the first year that uh, Flurry has been in the the final three for the Vezina Trophy. For those of you not familiar with hockey, the Vezina Trophy goes to the top goalie. And uh, it's uh, uh, Grover at uh, Colorado, uh, Vasylosky for Tampa Bay, and uh, Flurry are the three nominees. And again when it gets to the Stanley Cup, it's going to be the goalie. You get a hot goalie, you're going to win. I mean, that's the secret to it. And that's the one thing, I mean, the uh, is going to be good eventually for Carolina, but but he's a rookie, and you can just tell. You, you make one mistake, that's all you got to do. You play three overtimes, and that one mistake, uh, one little error by one player, and that's that's what makes overtime hockey the greatest sports spectacle of all time. You can have your Kentucky Derby. You can have your Indianapolis 500. You can have your Super Bowl. Give me overtime whoa, whoa, NHL whoa. hockey.
2: Oh, I but love overtime hockey because you can't go to the bathroom. You can't do anything. You have to wait it. until the next break. Like the, you the, can't the It's just all the pressure. Nate. You're telling me
1: that's not the most exciting. It is. It was a
0: dad joke just for Nate, and he just got that. I got that. Yeah, Yeah. it's It's too real for him right now. All right, guys, this is part of the confusion. I've stayed back. I've I've allowed you guys to give us expert opinion. Now we're going to take a right turn for those people who like us when we take right turns. This is not only NBA playoff season, the NHL playoff season, baseball season, golf season. But this is the start of state fairs, county fairs, amusement parks, <laughs> going to have fun. And this last weekend, I took my uh, son-in-law and we went go-karting. Had a great time. This dumb little 12-year-old, though, almost ruined him off the road. But we laughed so hard going go-karting. So between the two of you, when you go to an amusement park, let's start the first this is minor league amusement park first when you go to a place that has go-karts batting cages video games putt-putt nate what is your go-to first on a place like that
2: i do like the go-karts but actually i kind of like mini golf i don't know why and it's not as thrill seeking to me obviously as go-karts i mean i wish you would have thrown something else in there but um I, i like a good miniature golf course i like the challenges of it i like putting uh banking it off the walls stuff like that you don't get to really do that on a golf course So i, I guess i would i would say that yeah Ernest was probably alive when they've had the very first amusement park right oh so-
1: uh well no i thought you were gonna say the first putt putt, which was in north carolina not too far from here this is this is putt putt. Uh, we don't call it mini golf down here we call it putt putt they used to have a tv show on sunday afternoons competitive professional putt putt do you believe that yes
2: think? i saw it yep. that's cool I like Yeah,
1: that I mean, you know, the, the one stroke you didn't get it in. You took, you took the scratch. And it was Was, a
2: saw, was it called putt for dough? Is that is that what they called it?
1: Um, professional putt putt. And Billy Packer was the color guy. Used to do uh, <laughs> NCAA basketball. That's how long ago it was. Ah, uh, uh, I love the go karting, but because of my size, I'm at a disadvantage because it's a weight factor. You don't see a lot of six foot three. Uh, race car drivers. So it's just not, a
2: cart for you? It's not a go-kart?
1: <laughs> it's a cart. Just a cart. I like the rub fenders. and I, I, They have different types down here. They have the ovals. They have the slick racing. Are you familiar with slick racing?
0: Drifting, baby.
1: Yeah, that's on the sheets of metal. So you drift when you take the curves. Oh, it's big time here. It's, it's like I said, people take it seriously. I'm just not a roller coaster person. I'm worried about things falling off. Yeah. I don't do roller coasters. It has its ups and downs. Uh, yes,
0: it does. has its twists and, and turns.
1: Yes, yes. But, yeah, I love the, the putt-putt. Um, the video games, I have better video games at home. So I don't do the video. Ski ball. Everybody does ski ball. So you can get the 1,800 tickets for the small cone.
0: So I went to a park that had. Do you all do had, cheat?
1: Do you cheat at ski ball and just throw the ball in the middle? and start No,
0: rolling? man. Come on. The sanctity okay. of skee ball. You don't want to disrupt that. You don't want to show your I kid how you cheat. Hack. I
1: thought it was giving everybody a hack because <laughs> a cheater is a hack, I consider it a hack. <laughs>
0: yeah. So the thing about all those games, video games, you're getting those dumb tickets and then you go up there and you realize you can't buy anything worth anything and you leave with some plastic thing that you'll probably throw away in a week, but it keeps your kid busy for a while. Um, yeah. the, the place I went to in Valparaiso, Indiana with my buddy Dave, they we went go karting, but I looked over and they had alligators there. They bring up alligators every year and they put them in some water to to encourage, you know, people go over and look at them. And I thought that was a little different. Um, so let's take a next step up. So around here, Cedar Point is the big amusement park down in Sandusky, Ohio, or Michigan Adventure up by Muskegon. Uh, down south, Six Flags in Atlanta, in Phoenix area. Did you have a Six Flags out there, Nate?
2: There was one in California. We had a place called Castles and Coasters, which oh, is in yeah. Phoenix area. Um, it was it was okay. I mean, it was good for for Arizona. It was probably the best thing you had in Arizona. Uh, I thought the
1: amusement park in Arizona was voting voter recount.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs>
0: no! That's we. I don't, uh, I don't know. The last three yeah, I, listeners I like six just six. left. Okay.
1: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry.
2: I like the Six Flags in California. Those were um, fun. There was one in um, Ohio. I forgot what it was called. But, um, Kings
1: Dominion? It oh, was King,
2: Kings Island?
1: There's Kings Dominion.
0: Island, Kings Dominion.
2: Yeah, and then there's that That's where
1: the uh, college football yeah. Yeah. Hall of Fame was before it went to Notre Dame, before it wound up in Atlanta.
2: It had the... Uh, biggest wooden roller coaster, I think is what it was called. Yes. Yes. I went with that when I was a kid. That, that was cool. That was a really cool. I think it had this thing called the outer limits. And, um, I mean, I'm sure these have all changed names by now, but, um, it it was called the beast. That's what it was called. The beast, the wooden roller coaster. It was called the beast. That was really cool. So I had a good, good friend of mine in Arizona. Uh, I guess his folks lived in Indiana. So we went out to Indiana with them. Um, and we went, he'd always talked about this amusement park. I guess he went every summer. So he took me with him. It was, Pretty fun. I think it had like one one of the first loop roller coasters where you go upside down. Um but yeah, I think so I don't know what it's called now, but it was King's Island at the time. It when, is King's Island,
0: Island still. The beast is 110 feet high, goes to speeds of 65 miles an hour, and the ride, guess how long the ride lasts, Nate? How many uh, minutes? Two minutes. Four whole minutes of terror. You have to be forty-eight inches tall to ride. So Yeah, I really loved going to um, Six Flags in Atlanta with David when we were down there. No, I'm sorry. Um, Ernest will know this. Universal down in Orlando, we rode the Batman one where you're like suspended and it flies you around on your feet. To me, those don't make me as sick as the ones that are just your straight bone rattling ones. Uh, I don't mind the twists and turns and flips if it's flying in the air. Ernest, do you have, you're not a roller coaster guy though, huh?
1: Yeah, I've rode some, uh, the Dueling Dragons at Universal, uh, and, you know, I haven't done the Hulk one, because that's actually, uh, it's killed a few people. People have wandered into it, because it's, essentially, the Hulk one is the same as, like, being shot out of a gun. It's the same initial speed. And, is that the uh, same
2: one that used to be the Superman?
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, the Hulk. That's I did that. Hulk. yeah. Yeah, but they've, like I said, you know, they change whoever owns it, because eventually Universal will lose it over to Disney, because Disney owns all the Marvel characters now. So they kind of shift and change. I I do more of the interior 3D types of stuff now. I've done some inside ones, like, you know, E.T. and The Simpsons, and those, those types. No, I don't do roller coasters. I don't, I don't i've seen too many people fall off those things i'm not doing that
2: i love roller coasters i actually got my my five-year-old daughter at the time um she's seven now but i think she was like almost almost six we went to disney disney world and like one of the the, i think it was the uh seven dwarfs or something was like the ride right and she wanted to go with me and i was like all right you sure she's like yeah no i want to go i'm like okay so then we were waiting in line right and then um, you know, it was just the two of us. So I was like, all right, like, do you, do you want to get the full experience? We're going to, we want to sit in the front row. She's like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so we went, we went, we went to the guy and said, all right, we want to do the front. We'll wait a couple more, and we'll went to the front thing. She had the seats. I was looking, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't even enjoy the, I didn't even really look at the ride too much. I was looking at her and she loved it. She was enjoying it. I was enjoying her enjoying it over the ride itself and that was just cool i mean like i, I loved i loved roller coasters growing up so i was kind of like well let's just see if she likes it she doesn't have to i don't care but she wanted to do it she was brave and she did a great job and she liked it and then now now i know I i need to go do some roller coasters with somebody she's she's my go-to i don't know if my son will like it um he wasn't quite old enough but my wife's not a big fan so i'll just i'll take my daughter <laughs> that'll be fun
1: roller let me coaster. give you the flip side of that give me a Space Mountain My son was five years old My oldest son We got it He got on Space Mountain's Only two seats There's one seat In the very front And well, those it Depends not, on which
2: One you go The Disneyland Is two by two Disney World Is single
1: Yeah Yeah That's yeah. what's
2: funny I didn't ever knew this
1: Well he was on the Very front He's five years old And for those of you Who've never rode the ride It's pitch dark So you can't judge Or prepare yourself Regular roller coaster you can see the turns coming ahead, and you can sway. You can prepare yourself. He's five years old. We're going through the thing. We're whipping through, and I hear this small tinny voice in the middle of it going, "Dad, I'm not having a good time. <laughs> stop this thing." I said, "Bud, we can't stop." So that was yeah. That was probably the worst one to start him off was Space Mountain, age five.
2: You know, it was weird as we were in. I can't remember if it was Disneyland, Disney World. It was near the end of the night, but we were the last ones to go on the ride, and some of the lights came on inside Space Mountain, so you could see it, and it kind of killed the fun of Space Mountain for you because you had lighting and you could see it. It was just a basic, just such a basic ride, without it being dark and you can't really see the stars. Like it was just like, oh, this is not as exciting. I mean, it was kind of cool because we're like, oh, we got to see with lights on, but it's like when you see the sausage being made, it's like, oh, that that kind of killed the fun of it. so... <laughs>
0: The worst thing I did, or one of the bad things I did to my wife, is we were uh, just married, and we went to Six Flags in Atlanta, and I really wanted to do the ship ride or the pirate ship ride where it's like a pendulum, and it goes back and forth, and it gets higher and higher, and then it flips all the way around. I said, let's just go on this ride, and she didn't really look, and I got her on it, and she goes, wait a second. This is not the ship ride. Oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Oh, she was mad. We got off that. She was mad for about an hour. She would like hardly look at me. She was so ticked off because she does not like being scared. So sometimes, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, it wasn't fine. I'm sure you guys never did anything like that.
1: Oh, well, my grandson's taught my wife into the last time we went to Disney to getting on Space Mountain. And we all got to find out what she ate right after she got <laughs> off the uh, roller coaster. Yikes. Yeah, oh, that was like macaroni salad. No, no, that dude, oh, no, don't, dude. Oh, no, don't
0: describe it. Come on, man. No, no.
1: <laughs> that was the fun part.
0: I was about to say, the what side. kind of food do you it like at m- amusement parks? But I don't know if we want to do that now. Like, I like
1: deep fried Oreos.
2: Oh, no. Apple fries. Apple yeah. fries at Legoland are pretty good. Apple deep fries? Deep fried Oreos. They do, they're like strips of apples and then they deep fry them with like cinnamon sugar and then you dip them in this like frosting. It's, I mean, you can't eat it as a meal, but it's, it's definitely, there's, there's some cool stuff. If you ever get bored, go to like the, um, the, the, little meals at Disney world. Like I found there's a, from the beauty and the beast, they had Gaston. So they have like his little pub in Disney world and they have this, like, it looks like a beer, but it's really like almost like an apple sparkling apple juice. That's like turned into foam. And it comes in like a beer mug. So you drink it and it looks like you're drinking beer. Um, There was like this uh, Alice in Wonderland Cheshire Cat. Little like strudel that's like pink and white. And it's got all the colors of like the Cheshire, the cat. Um, There's a Peter Pan ice cream thing. It's only this one little spot. I think it's over by the merry-go-round. And it's like this almost lime ice cream. And then they put like a little red feather it's an edible feather in there, but there's like one spot you can do it. So if you ever get bored, I think you can go to like Instagram. You can see these places. So like I had some of them written down and I tried to hit those and we were at the, no,
1: nah, Nate, you Disney gotta do you gotta, do, you gotta do the food run at Epcot, eat around the world. That cool. Pub, was cool. Pub crawl, I, pub crawl at Epcot.
2: I drank, at the, I drank there. I had a Norwegian beer that I guess is only from, you can only get it in Norway and Epcot. What the lady was telling me. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. I was kind of sitting there going, "Wow, I can't believe I can drink at Epcot." But that was that was kind of exciting for me. But you could you could see near the end of the night, at the very end of the night at Epcot, um, <laughs> my grandmother took the kids back to the hotel, and my wife and I stayed back. And you could see people were there. There was some twenty between twenty one and twenty five year olds that were doing exactly like you're saying around the world. And they'd go on rides and you're you're like wow you would literally let people go in front of you because you're like i don't want to be in this group i don't want to be around these guys and
0: i don't want to grow up yep all right guys we're down to our last few minutes we took that right turn we'll go left turn now back to ernest your your last few good minutes ernest
1: oh wow i'm usually more prepared uh i think a lot of us have known more about women's tennis the last few days uh, Osaka and her situation, and it, it's fascinating. <coughs> I think it's more of a comment on how journalism has changed, how social media. For a long time, we depended on our sports news from the newspapers, and Osaka has decided that Naomi Osaka, who's number one rated tennis player withdrawn from the French Open because of social anxiety issues, she can't face the post-match conferences. And she'd rather get her message out through social media. And I'm wondering if we're not seeing a change in the way we find out our information. If stars are not going to start bypassing the media, uh, even the big-time media like ESPN and Fox Sports, and speak directly towards um their fans themselves bring us, up, something a little bit more, bring us something a little bit more uh upbeat
2: all right so i found this on disney plus this is i don't know this might be more Ernest. uh i mean more paul than Ernest. but uh there is a new like mighty ducks that's on disney plus it's like uh one season i don't know if they're gonna be, have multiple seasons but um it's it was kind of cool i just i just found it uh, a few weeks back Uh, Gordon Bob Bay's in it. Um, he's like, he owns this ice rink after he flamed out as a coach in the college. Um, and this mom comes in, it's, it's, it's the typical Disney cheesiness, but there is some cool hockey stuff in there. So, um, definitely has some good music in it that kind of reminds you of the good old, uh, mighty ducks from 1992. So I'd I'd highly recommend that. That's a cool little spot. It kind of kills some time too, but, um, kind of gives you a little nostalgia from, from the good old days, at least from my childhood. So I, I thought it's cool. So if you get a chance, I, I think it's like the Mighty Ducks Game Changers is what I think it's called. Um, but anyway,
1: that's hey, kind of hey, kind of a hey. cool
2: hey. show and all the stuffs going on. So just, and just I'm also watch. coaching. I'm also coaching little kids. So I it's a different sport than soccer, but it's just you can kind of relate to some of these things. It's just kind of cool. So
1: watch watch slap shot. Okay, Paul Newman Slapshot. I've seen gonna...
2: that one with the Chiefs and the yeah, Hanson yeah. brothers. Yep, this yeah. is just a different. This is just a different one, but I, I'd recommend it if you if you really like the Mighty Ducks and Night Nights," This is the cheesiness factor, but other than that, there's there's some good hockey and there's some good team team stuff going on
1: there. So good storyline. Yeah, Paul, that, Are you still with us? Yep. And Did so my media my media thing didn't drive you away. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah, um, it just proves that the three things that people are loving right now are so nostalgic. Back to the 80s and 90s, Karate Kid. Um, is being redone now with kobe kai Um, mighty ducks has come back again space jam is back again so what is old is new Um, people enjoy sentimental stuff especially if they can have generational like i enjoyed as a kid Um, so hey enjoy the sports enjoy the weather get out and play um, golf or do some go-karts with your buddies i tend to I have so much fun when I go out go-karting with a lot of people I know because then you can see what they really are like when they get behind a wheel without any restrictions. All right. You've been listening to Part in the Confusion. Email me with your ideas, comments, questions at gobluearnold at gmail.com. Listen to us on sportscountry.net. Gene Gums uh, does that as well. And then Gene Gums does a podcast called Boys of Summer covering baseball, everything baseball, and that's every other week on a Wednesday it gets released. So for Nate Moore and Ernest Watts, have a good night.